Alright guys, we got, uh, we're gonna be talking about Enemy of the State today. A lot of stuff, guys. Alright. Will Smith. I see, I see you added Lingerie Store. Lingerie the... Store, yeah, it's about, we're gonna talk about the Lingerie Store. Some Lingerie talk with the boys. We got, uh, you know, uh, in his prime Will Smith, we have Gene Hackman. We have, we've come prepared with our Gene Hackman, Mount Rushmore. Mount Hackmore. Mount ha Hackmore. We've got a lot to talk about 90s conspiracy culture. We've got the the beautiful online tech the, in, the that we have in here. And then uh, also we can't forget, um, I'll have a tale of the early web from my uh, personal experience. I'd, I'd listen to this episode. You went down into the web cellar and found the good stock. Shh. Listeners, welcome to another episode of the Midnight Boys present a free podcast. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, by my, uh, I'm certain, my lingerie-buying friends, Joe and Duff. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Mooseport, boys. <laughs> Welcome to Mooseport. I hope that is in your Gene Hackman top four. <laughs> um, we are uh, continuing, we're, we're continuing our going online season. This is our third episode, and uh, we are talking about Enemy of the State, the uh, 1998 Tony Scott movie. Which has everyone who was in Hollywood in 1998 in this movie. Just whoever, <laughs> whoever was hanging around the back lot, they were like, hey, you, uh, yeah. Jamie, Jamie Kennedy, you want to be in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into an incredibly deep cast. Uh, it's wild. But uh, before we jump into that, we got to, you know, if you haven't seen Enemy of the State in a while, it's, it's obviously Will Smith. It's got Gene Hackman in it. And it is about the NSA, guys. We've got um, guys. This is a this is a Byzantine-like plot to try to sum up. So I'm going to try to keep it very simple. Okay. Uh, you've got uh, Will Smith. He's an attorney, and uh, he runs into randomly. He runs into a friend of his, Zavitz, played by Jason Lee, who uh, has a grant and watches birds. Sets up little cameras. Specifically geese. Geese. Thank you. He has, his little, he has his little, like, geese hut out where he puts a camera. Uh, and uh, his camera catches uh, John Voight, who's the uh, NSA department head or something, uh, essentially murdered. <laughs> Him and his goons essentially murder a congressman. They murder Jason Robards. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's unbelievable that they got Jason Robards to be in this movie for five minutes. And I... I Number one, I hadn't seen this movie. And number two, does it even advertise that Robards is in it? I mean, no. he's not—he's not in it for long. But what a wild cast! Where it's like Jason Robards is the uncredited cameo. There's a quite a few. Like Tom Sizemore is uncredited as well in this movie, even though he has a pretty big role. That might be part of some kind of settlement that he was—he <laughs> <laughs> might have—he might have violated his parole to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I obviously we know a lot about Tom Sizemore and this movie's, you know, 20 some years old, but I saw this and I'm like, Oh, he needs a welfare check. He is not looking good in this. Like he's even in the first scene, he's just sitting there and he is sweaty and pale, labored breathing. He is looking rough even by Tom Sizemore standards. <laughs> <laughs> 
so so Zavitz has this disc of what happened of the murder, and the NSA catches on that he knows about this, and uh, he gets chased by the NSA and the NSA goons, and he runs into Will Smith, and he's like, "Hey, Will, we know each other apparently. Um, they're in a lingerie store, which we'll." we have to dive into and uh he essentially like you know slips the disc unknowingly to um will smith um his character that he has a disc and runs off and then <laughs> and then jason lee gets hit by a fire truck and dies <laughs> he gets taken uh, out like that clip of brad pitt flailing around for <laughs> yes it's a hell of a beginning uh it's it's pretty great so uh, all the while, there's also these um, the mob, which is where Tom Sizemore is involved in. That's a case that Will Smith is is a, as an attorney is working. So he meets with them. But then the main thing that's happening is the NSA is trying to track this disc down. They're trying to chase after Will Smith and discredit him and ruin his life. He eventually meets up with um, Gene Hackman, who's Brill, who's like a mysterious. Um, informant i guess i don't really know he was a former nsa worker and then the nsa screwed him because afghanistan went wrong yes and and then now he just kind of lives off the grid just being a techie dude so they they meet up and then they end up uh finding ways to use technology to try to blackmail a different congressman uh at which point eventually all of our leads meet together and uh through an like I said a pretty Byzantine thing, they end up leading them to where the uh, Tom Sizemore and his mob is, and then there's like a giant shootout, and everyone but Tony Will Smith. Scott. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a giant shootout, and everyone but like Will Smith. Uh, and Will Gene Smith Hacken. hides under a table while the rest of them. Well, have, th- have this him. is the smartest decision the movie makes actually in that scene. I think everyone that was in that immediate room. Other than Will Smith and one other person dies. Yeah. And then one other person is Jack Black. Because, as Tony Scott knows, the audience does not want to see Jack Black killed. Yeah. Do you no, think even at this point? Like, is there anyone more lovable? Yeah. Even though he's an NSA agent, uh, he's, yeah, he's... Man, he's he's just a career dude. He's just, you know, he's... He's not the John Voight character. He's just there. He's showing up to get a paycheck. He just likes technology. He's got his neck brace at the end. <laughs> you know, he took his lumps. Um, um, do you think that... that that's he, like He's like every guy that you knew in college that knew a lot about computers, and then they graduate, and immediately the dollar signs start tingling, and they're all working for the most evil companies, or, yeah, straight up the NSA right now. Uh, that describes more than a handful of people that I knew when I was younger. Do you so think like, that uh, in, you know, how William Goldman wrote that book on screenwriting, do you think that there's a chapter where he's like, all right, if you ever get stuck, just do a big Mexican shootout and kill, like, all the characters except for one? I feel like, I feel like part of me thinking of this is like, there's definitely a, maybe I'm wrong, but like, you know, a Tarantino influence in Hollywood at this point where like, it's got to end in a Mexican standoff. Yeah. That's, that's how we do the hits now. Uh, so I just okay. think they backed themselves into a corner, and there's like, how do you end this? Yeah, yeah. It gets, I don't even I, think it was Tarantino. I just think it was just like I we I don't know I don't know how to end this. Whatever, just have them all kill each other. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's. Uh, I mean, this 
we we can we can get into it, but like there's a lot to enjoy, and we have to like go in on the cast. But um, you know, the the real bummer for me is like it takes like almost a ninety minutes plus to like finally get uh, Hackman and Will Smith like you know as like a buddy movie together, and we get it for like not much of the movie and during the absolute dumbest parts of the movie. And I was like, oh, we get it when it goes. Fun. We get it when it goes full Bruckheimer, yeah. which which I I enjoyed to a certain extent, but like the first half of the movie is not a great conspiracy thriller, but it's it's pretty fun. Like I, overall, this is this is okay. I enjoyed yeah, it. It's, it's yeah, fun. I like um, this movie. Um, but it's like it's very uh, it's very Jerry Bruckheimer-y. Like, yes. more than Tony Scott, I would say it's it's got so much of that like Armageddon, The Rock, Bad Boys feel, where there's like shots that speed up and slow down over like a yeah. I, I think I texted you guys that you should take a drink every time they show a satellite in this movie. Yeah, and there's just like, <laughs> and there's a lot of Dutch angles and weird lighting, and it's it's really flashy, and it it gets in the way. I mean it. There's some structural problems too, but it's, yeah, it just, it kind of stumbles all over itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about while we're on the plot, this handoff happens in a lingerie store. Now there's a lot I don't know about the world. So maybe you guys can tune me in on this. This isn't how, this isn't real, right? This This, this lingerie store is insane. This lingerie store is like just black painted concrete. It, it looks it looks like a German rave, and <laughs> and like all the women who work there are just in lingerie. Like, yeah, wandering around in thongs and bras. And, yeah, and then like apparently when you're like interested in something, then a model just tries it on and wanders around with it on. I'm like, I yeah. don't think this is how this works. And like, I don't. They just ask you, it's like, it's like, well, what cup size is she? And then they just look around at women, like, oh, like her. Yeah, just pointing at women, like hers, I guess. <laughs> have you guys ever been to a lingerie show at a bar? No, no. I have not. <laughs> so, like coyote I don't know. ugly or different than that? No, like so uh, What? <laughs> like are I'm, you supposed I, to buy the lingerie? Well, like, that's what I'm not Do you clear just start on. hooting and hollering like, the, "Yeah, $25 for that." <laughs> the bar that the bar well, it's since changed owners, but under previous ownership and the initial sponsors of my my basketball team uh a guy on my team was telling me he was there one time. He just randomly had a night free, so he went there to uh, the brewers are on the west coast. So he just like, oh, I'll go there, have a beer, and watch the brewers. And he walked in, and like there are just three women walking around in lingerie. What? And I assumed when he started telling the story that the idea was like, oh, they walk around wearing them and changing into different kinds, and then kind of, you know, uh, cajole drunk guys into buying lingerie. For their wives or whatever but he's like no they weren't selling anything they would just kind of walk around and say what they were wearing and then like if you tip them they just like hang out with you and i was like boy that sounds really that sounds those are called strippers yeah, yeah basically yeah uh <laughs> they, they didn't, didn't get naked did he leave out that they had a, a tub of miller light <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was I guess it's like a it, that's a, it, this is kind of a somewhat more risque cousin of like those like shot girls that would yeah. go to bars. Oh, and stuff. Okay. I don't know if that's still a thing, but but yeah, uh, I thought if you know if you'd have ever been in the bar that I'm talking about, it makes it a lot funnier because I would guess there were probably three people in their tops. 
yeah customers so the lingerie girls and bartender probably outnumbered the actual customers which is amusing to me i feel like this um, is a way to like for men to say they didn't like to have another name for going to a strip club oh, i went to the the lingerie, lingerie uh show i i would love to see <laughs> you in this environment rob because you get nervous ordering a drink yeah and i'd like to see you also have a woman trying to talk to you wearing Victoria's Secret while you are navigating the top I, list. I, I would get, 100% tell her about her podcast. I get, oh, un- I get uncomfortable walking by a Victoria's Secret in the mall. That's- <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. He crosses to the other side of the mall like, the whole will, way. It's <laughs> like, oh, I want an Orange Julius, but I have to take the long route. Otherwise, I go by the <laughs> Victoria's Secret. I guess, I guess my answer to your initial question, Rob, are there lingerie stores like this? I feel confident saying yes, probably. Huh. But we ca- we can't afford to go there. Yeah, they're not for us. They're for attorneys. Yeah, it's, it's for the the DC elite. You so have that's... to have an in home nanny and uh, and uh, maid like everyone in this movie does in order to go to those places. Th- yeah. So the other now this I just thought of this. You know, uh, if you've ever driven across the Midwest, there's lots of signs for uh, adult stores and whatnot. I wonder if if those are all like this. No. <laughs> I Have, do you do you do you know? Do you know that for a fact? Well, I'm I I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um All right, well let's let's I, let's dive. Can we should we dive into the cast guys? Well, can, can I make a comment about the, the cuz I know Will Smith's the first one you want to talk about, right? So, yeah. can you guys clear I'm just confused about his character. Yeah. Now, he is a moron, right? And that's kind of the line that that Hackman uses a couple times. Like you're either really smart or really stupid. Sure. He is actually just really stupid, right? He's, yeah. But he did go to Georgetown and seems to have a pretty. We know cushy that that doesn't lo- mean anything. Does well, <laughs> Jason Lee went to Georgetown too and got hit by a fire truck. <laughs> but yeah, so he is he is a kind of he's a hotshot lawyer. Who, mm-hmm. yeah, doesn't make good decisions. A, a labor lawyer. He, okay, but the, here's what's what's confusing to me. So this guy is just an absolutely like juiced up labor labor uh, lawyer, mm-hmm. in a, in what I presume is a high powered firm. Mm-hmm. Although the odd thing is, like normally, like quote unquote, you know, labor lawyers are like getting <laughs> hired by companies to bust unions, but uh, whatever. Um, so this guy will walk in to a mobster's restaurant. Sure will. Threaten him alone mm-hmm. with a videotape that he managed to secure from, I guess, the world's greatest like private surveillance guy. Basically yep. the same dude from the conversation. Yes. Something, though, something that probably won't hold up in court where it's like, how did you get this? It's like, well, my mistress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so yes, he, we should mention he, his, he has a former mistress, an ex-mistress, okay, played by Lisa Bonet. Yeah. So he's like sort of like streetwise enough to navigate that sort of surveillance underworld and ballsy enough to go in and threaten these guys. And then... For the from that moment through the rest of the movie is the most naive man on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I the, the I like this movie, but like, and I don't really care about most dumb things in movie, but movies. But that didn't add up to me. <laughs> I mean, this movie is like that character doesn't work on paper. It only works because you've got like in his prime Will Smith being charismatic. Yeah, and that character is 
that's where it gets real Bruckheimery Tony Scott. Like, this is like a Top Gun character. Yeah. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Yeah. It, it's, uh, like, I listen, I think we're I think we're all pro Tony Scott people oh, here. Yeah. And I know we've talked about how much we love Unstoppable. I, but I think we're, this... we're pro Will Smith, too. Like, when, uh, yeah. when, he, when he's on. When he's on, man, he's on. Yeah. It's ni- that 90s run from him was he does, pretty I mean, fun. He's one of those guys, not a ton of range, but, you know, just oozes charisma. I'm I'm I will I will co-sign that. I mean, um, especially in this, you know, this is his run of like Independence Day, this Men in Black, Men, Men in Black like just just it was just basically just get Will Smith to show up and be charming. Yeah, I mean, like Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, Enemy of the State. That's four straight movies, which yeah, like, man, are all varying degrees of like good, but like Will Smith is is doing a lot of work. Yeah. Um. And then he does Wild Wild West in the, the Legend of Bagger Vance. <laughs> Things that? take a turn, and then he then he gets serious and he does Ali, which yeah. I've never seen actually, but I hear is underrated. So it's probably properly rated, I think. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, should we jump into the cast, or is there something else? I'm feel like I feel like I'm I, we're, we're kind of we, we're into Will Smith and yeah get into the cast. I guess our, the rest of my comments on the movie will fit in with our conspiracy theory talk later. Okay. So outside of Will Smith, we have Gene Hackman, which I know we're going to get into. We have John Voight, which you know he does Anaconda around this time too, which is just a delightful. It's the movie. the Voight Renaissance. He's of the a 90s. great bad guy. He's he playing is. himself, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Like, like James Woods, uh, this was on his road to just completely losing his mind. <laughs> He's, you know, I know it's like talking about, but it is, this is, you know, everyone says this, but it is wild. It is wild that he's one half of what created Angelina Jolie. <laughs> like, I, that is, I cannot understand that. Because to yeah, me, John Voight had never, at, at no point is John Voight like a good looking human being. No way. Well, he's a big, huge hunk in Midnight Cowboy. He's a stud. <laughs> It's kind of like how you can't imagine uh, Tom Tom Hanks and Chet having a talk. Like I can't, <laughs> like I, I can't. Like, can you imagine just John Voight like trying to teach Angelina Jolie to like drive stick or something? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we got Regina King, uh, who's fantastic. Then we Great. start getting. We have Jason Lee, who we mentioned. We have Gabriel Byrne, who's just in the movie for like who, th- four minutes, and like, he's awesome in blink, it. Yeah. Blink, blink, and you'll miss it. <laughs> yep. You have, uh, you've got <laughs> so, this NSA crew, which is unreal. You've got Jake Busey, <laughs> uh, Barry Pepper from Duff Barry Crawl. Barry Pepper. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> I couldn't remember his name, so I was just gonna say uh, the lunkhead from Battlefield Earth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think of Crawl, and I think of um, 25th Hour when I and, think of... And um, I think of uh, 61. I believe he played... Um, he plays Roger, the, Roger Maris. The Roger yeah. Maris movie? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, this... I put this... Oh, in and the, uh, Saving Private Ryan, too, right? Uh, uh, yes. He's yeah, the sniper, he's right? He is, yep. He's in Saving Private Ryan, which also came out in 98. But yeah, you got... Seth Green and Jamie Kennedy in the same scene, thus disproving... That's, that's too much. That's also disproving my theory that they are not different people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, with Jack Black, Jamie Kennedy, and a a uh, a lot of Seth Green. 
There's a lot of Seth Green in this movie. Yeah. Do you think that those guys, along with Jack Black, like looked at the set and all the computers around and then looked at each other and then looked at Tony Scott and like muttered to themselves, is he making fun of us? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we also have Scott Kahn is in this movie too, is one of the uh, NSA guys. Yeah, and and as we mentioned, then you have Tom Sizemore, and some of his goons look familiar. I didn't look up their names, but they're, you know, a lot of hey, it's that guy. Like probably were on The Sopranos or something. Yeah, one of um, one of those guys is uh in The Sopranos and Goodfellas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shoot. So and- I I put in the agenda. Um, is this the greatest collection of dorks and meatheads? Just I mean, just, it is. It, it is. Oh, we didn't even bring up Philip Baker Hall, who plays Phil, one of oh, yeah, yeah. He plays, and he plays one of uh, Will Smith's bosses. Yep. Yeah, we have Philip Baker Hall. We have Larry King, guys. And Larry <laughs> King doesn't, you know, give out his rights to anyone. <laughs> yeah, he's he's choosy. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Lisa Bonet. The other one I'm going to mention is Anna Gunn. Oh, Skyler, um, yeah, yeah. Skyler from Breaking Bad is in yeah. the movie for once again. Blink if you miss it. Um, is she? Uh, who was she? Was she John Voight's trophy John Voight's wife? wife? Yeah. Who's like way younger than him? Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't. I don't. I don't know if it is stuff, but it is hard to think of a movie that goes as deep as this does. And like people, I'm just like, oh. Oh, I mean, there's like legitimately like 15 plus people in this movie that you're like that person, yeah, which is it, a lot. It just scooped up everyone who was kind of like on the fringe of like stardom or who were like C-list and just put them all together. Yeah, which I guess is important for like the NSA part, right? Because it is like just people on computers. Yeah. So you need to have some sort of like personality come through while they're like, you know, that's why it Jack is, Black makes sense. I mean, you did kind of get to this, but it is funny how there's the stark contrast between like the uh, Seth Green, Jack Blacks, and then you have like Jake Busey, who's just. You yeah, know, Jake Busey, Scott Kahn, and Barry Pepper are sort of like the blonde bullies that they, come in. They, yeah. They, Whose they, hair can be taller? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They are the bad rich kids whose dad's going to close down the youth club or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this movie is really, maybe this movie is the beginning of, like, this is the this is when the, the nerd started winning over the jocks. It started to end me the state. This is when, it, this is this is when they got, were level, and then and now the nerds. Because only the nerds survived. All the jocks got blown up <laughs> yep. at the end. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, Jack Because it was Jack Black and then. Like one other of the nerd people survives, don't they? When they're in the interrogation room, I think so. It's and it, it's one of the other nerds, and I'm like, I don't even. The, it's uh, the, it's the non the the it's no. It was one of the um, the agents that actually runs around with guns. It wasn't oh, okay. a computer nerd, oh. but it was the one that doesn't have the tall hair. That's why he survived. There we go. Because he he could hide. <laughs> he could, when he hid behind like a counter, his hair wasn't sticking up, and they couldn't see him. Like Busey and Pepper and those guys, like they're the dudes that Patrick Swayze wouldn't let into the gang in Point Break. So then they moved to DC. They're all like, they all like they all were given a picture of Guile from Street Fighter. Like, <laughs> like this is what you need to look like. Like you could set your drink on that hair, and it um, would just it would be level. They just weren't chill enough for the West Coast. Yep, uh, <laughs> pretty wild. But now, guys, I think we have to get into what people want to hear, and I and, and I'm curious. We kind of tease this before uh gene hackman who you know 
America's sweetheart. <laughs> America's sweetheart. Uh, he uh, he's had incredible roles. Um, and as you mentioned that he's a sweetheart, I just want to share. Can I share a quick Gene Hackman story? Mm-hmm. When he was seventy-one years old, he was uh, on a street off Sunset Boulevard and was <laughs> involved in a fender bender. When okay. his Volvo sedan collided with a Volvo station wagon. Mm. Um, two safe cars. That I'm sure everyone was fine. Yeah. yeah. So one of the other drivers, the driver of the other car, got really close into Gene Hackman's face. 71 years old at this point, And kept stepping up on him. And apparently for several minutes, Hackman tried to keep his cool. But then the guy must have said something to Gene Hackman. Who then proceeded who would to... Talk, <laughs> who would then, talk back to Gene Hackman? So then Hackman punched him four or five times. Yeah, man. And then Ugh. another person got out of the station wagon, got out of the car. Guys, it gets worse. Kicks Gene Hackman in the nuts and oh, wrestles what? him to the ground. <laughs> Who? Uh, don't worry, guys. Um, no injuries were reported and neither party filed Who? charges. Who? gets into an accident and sees that it's literally Popeye Doyle and says, <laughs> oh, outside, I, it was, I'm going to I'm going to mouth off. This to is going to be guy. such a great story. They I'm going to work Gene Hackman's ass. <laughs> they were parked in front of a Virgin record store. <laughs> I mean, unreal. Uh, but I just love how 71 year old Gene Hackman just like couldn't take enough. And just punches this dude four or five times. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I'm with you guys. If the three of us were out driving somewhere. We got into a fender bender, and I don't care which one of you got out there and started talking, and it was a Gene Hackman, and you got in his face, and Gene Hackman punched you. I'm not coming out there to help you. I'm just sitting in the car. I would just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Gene Hackman, uh, uh, Rush, Mount Rushmore, four movies. You know, so this is, would be uh, however you want to define this. This is however you want to define how this would be in my mind is they're like i want to show four gene hackman movies to people to see like you know gene hackman and all his his glory um how do you want to do this do you want to want me just to roll start with one of us name all four or take turns or what, what do you think is best um i mean i feel like there'll be some overlap but also this was harder than i thought because there's so so much good um, stuff i i do want to tease i have another gene hackman story that's okay. more lighthearted, and I'm okay. gonna save that for that'll be the the capstone for our Gene okay. Hackmore, okay. our, our Mount Hackmore. Well, I feel I like mine. To... I feel like mine is the least controversial, so I'll, I'll do mine. All Let's right, do L- the four. List, list all four. Okay, so I'm gonna go. All right, so we've uh, we and, and to be we've... clear, are we is Mount Hackmore just his four individual best performances, That's or his four best it. movies? Whatever you want to do. Okay, I, I, I did I performances. Did, I did performances. Uh, so. All right, so we've, uh, you know, we've uh, annexed some land from Native Americans. We're going to build a mountain. Yep, <laughs> Mount Hackmore. We've we've hired a Nazi sympathizer to dynamite it for us. <laughs> really? That happened? That was? I don't know that part. Of I'm that, pr- so. I'm pretty sure the guy who did Mount Rushmore was a German sympathizer. <laughs> I I I'm, I do not know that, but that I tracks. will say, if you're traveling out west, there's a plenty of beautiful things to see. Do not waste your time at Mount Rushmore. There's stuff you can see where we didn't steal land and dynamite it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so here's my four. I'm going to go from uh, from number four up to number one for me. So I'm going to go right to left on Mount Rushmore, all right? Okay. Mount Hackmore. Uh, I'm going with his role in the conversation. 
which is yep. an awesome movie, and it is fun to think of, is that movie a prequel to Enemy of the State? Um, uh, I guess I, I think mine is pretty boring. I'm going with Unforgiven, Little Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums, which I think for me is like maybe the first Gene Hackman movie that like I was aware of this is Gene Hackman. That's pretty wild to me, actually, but um, still great pick. And then my number one, and it's a movie I, I watched recently for the first time, and I think uh, without a doubt the greatest Gene Hackman performance is uh, in a, the movie Night Moves. Oh, F you. That was going to be my sleeper pick. That movie <laughs> is <sighs> awesome. Yep. Gene Hackman is here's, – here's what I'll say about that movie. There's a part in that movie – where Gene, it's from 1974, Gene Hackman's laying on a bed, eating fondue, fondue yep. <laughs> while he's just taking his foot and rubbing the breast of his girlfriend. <laughs> so, like, the 70s were so cool, man. They are wild. So those are my four. Those are my four. Uh, all right. Once I'll, you go, Duff. All right. So, yeah, Night Moves. Night Moves is awesome because it's like, it's a neo-noir, but it's also a conspiracy, but kind of like a, a shaggy dog detective story. It, yeah, it, it, it rocks. Um, and I, I also took uh, Unforgiven. Okay. Um, I, the next one and these last two, I think, uh, I think one might have been taken by Joe, but uh, The Birdcage. Yeah, I figured uh, one of you guys would do that. To comedic, comedic Hackman is underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about that or his uh, his bit part in Young Frankenstein, where mm-hmm. he's hilarious. Uh, and then my last one, I went with Superman. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, just, I, I mean, he's just delightful. And also, like, it's weird because... You know, if you get really into comics, like in the comics now, like Lex Luthor is super serious and he's, you know, kind of like this, uh, you know, kind of almost like a, a billionaire tech guy now. Um, but in that movie, like he's just a he's just a shyster. Yeah, um, they, they turned Lex Luthor into like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And uh, he's much better in that original movie. And like it, in the Superman movies, like his whole thing is like, I want Australia. Yeah, I, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, almost like comics were originally just for children. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's you know he's just a he's just a con man, and he has that ridiculous wig, and then it's like a a big gag when it finally comes off. And I, you know, to this day, like this the dour, you know, mega villain Luther. Like I don't like that. I like the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor. I want him. I want Lex Luthor to be constantly yelling at Otis and Miss Testmacher. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the best part. It's 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 good yelling, Hackman. Well, uh, Joe, what do you have? You know, it's fine if there's overlap on this. It's, I mean, you it's know. you guys. I don't have any new movies to bring up, so I'm okay. just not even going to bring up movies anymore. Cause it's so what? I, but I, the way I did it is I divided it into role type, the four okay. best types of characters he did, mm-hmm. and then you've all mentioned. So which were your four then? Um, so the first role. And I guess just to be fresh, I could just give a different movie where he plays the same kind of character. But the, um, and this is in no particular order. Okay. Um, in fact, it, it's if I ordered neither, it, it neither be were mine. Um, so I think what, one character type that he's incredible at playing is the bully, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which would be L- Little Bill. I guess would be the exhibit A in that the outwardly tough person who is just an absolute coward deep down. 
Another he, uh, he owns could, Richard Harris so hard. Yep. Another way you could go with that, a little different, is uh, he's kind of a similar character in Quick and the Dead. Yes. Yes. And having way more fun with it there. I mean, that's that's yes. the type of movie. It's a movie it is. you can have a little more fun. But with I I considered that because uh, yeah, I mean, everyone in that movie's great. Talk about a stacked cast. But yeah. Um, what else you got? Chuck? And I I don't remember. Uh, I I'd say he is also maybe a little bit like that in Crimson Tide mm-hmm. and maybe maybe the firm although I may be misremembering the firm but I remember him being kind of like a bully in that movie too but I okay. don't he's definitely a bully in Crimson Tide another, and that's another Tony Scott joint isn't it yeah I love Crimson Tide of course I do um, then the other role I think is the like top tier operator where okay. he just is smarter and more effective than anyone else in the, you know, in the movie. In the conversation, although he's kind of a dumbass in the conversation now that I think about it more. But he has plenty of other movies where, like, he's just, like, ruthless, smart, um, effective, and just commands respect from everyone in the room immediately. Um, and I suppose with the conversation in terms of surveillance, he's super smart. He just doesn't understand people, mm-hmm. which is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Then... And this is what I probably like him as. The the bottom two are what I think he's maybe the best at. Is one, uh, a moron. And <laughs> uh, the two movies that jump out at me for that would be, you know, The Birdcage, as Duff mentioned. Mm-hmm. Absolute idiot. And and then even dumber in Get Shorty. Which oh, is a movie yeah. that, that, that Hackman heads have got to check out a few it was it was a huge hit and i I don't hear people like bring it up that much anymore um part of it is the movie it lives or dies based on whether or not you think john travolta is cool Mm. Mm. and Mm -hmm. um at that time in 1995 like he was cool again but I don't know how well that would hold up today. Yeah, your Travolta mileage will vary. Fortunately, it also has Danny DeVito, so no big deal. It, he cancels it out if you're not into the Travolta. And Hackman, absolute idiot in that movie. Even by way dumber than the Birdcage. So worth revisiting if you haven't seen it in a while. Then the the last one is of, of course the Shady Schemer, um, where as Royal Tenenbaums is probably the best example of that but <laughs> mm-hmm. not and i would say superman is basically the same thing uh like the shady schemer i i love that that's probably the fav- my favorite kind of role for him it's yeah. wild that we have this we have our little list here and none of us and i and it's not because i think any of us have an issue with especially oh, the first yeah, one no one said french connection no one said the french connection and all of the the other one which uh i'm s- not surprised we didn't pick but i'm sure people listening are asking about is hoosiers hoosiers yeah yeah, and I thought long and hard about Mississippi Burning as well. Uh, okay. He's, um, him and Willem Dafoe are both really good. I mean, that's kind of like, as a movie, pretty, kind of a middle brow movie, you know. Like, yeah, I've heard it's not very realistic as to what happened. But um, I think him and Dafoe like have pretty good chemistry and work well with e- with each other. And he kind of combines that operator and shady schemer kind of thing together, where. He's got that twinkle in his eye. Like, his character is sort of the guy that understands how to talk to people and gets the South, whereas Willem Dafoe is the, you know, the nerd from up north that is super right. uptight. Yeah, yeah, it is. None of us picked French Connection, and for no real reason. Um, nor did anyone pick Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, He's just not in it enough. 
the only one we all picked is um, Unforgiven. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and if if someone was to say that's his best performance of all time, I would not. No, would I don't not think you go wrong with a lot of these. Um, yeah. Yeah, Gene Hackman, wonderful. Um, and I, I there's there's still I consider myself a Hackman head, but there are still some some bigger films that I haven't um, I haven't seen, like and even Academy Sport. Award nominated films that I had never even heard of. I never sang for my father until I was researching for this, but he's nominated for an Academy Award for that. Yeah, I've never I've never seen that. I've know, actually never. I've never it? seen Hoosiers. Yeah, oh, I've never really? seen Hoosiers either. Oh really? You've never seen Hoosiers, Joe? Yeah, just you know, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it sure, is what sure you think it is, it is but um, he does. You know, he's got to carry that movie quite a bit. He does. Um, well, guys, I think it's time. You know, it's we're doing online. We're going online. Uh, this movie is. Oh, my uh, Hackman story. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Did you guys know? So since Gene Hackman retired. He uh, is not seen, really. He's just no. totally out of the limelight. Uh, there was a post. Um, I think some rumor was going around that he wasn't well, like a few months ago. And I someone mean, the dude's who's ninety-two, so like, but but someone who is close to him um, posted about it and said that he, he also got kicked in the nuts, like <laughs> pretty recently, wasn't it? Is that different from? Is that different from the time? <laughs> When, during the road rage incident? That's what I'm talking about. When was the road rage Oh, thing? 2014. Oh, okay. Maybe longer. So, yeah, he was in his 80s then. Oh, wait, no, it was 71, so it might have been 2001. Okay. So he, uh, apparently he still rides his bike every day and is in pretty good shape, you know. But uh, the the funniest random thing for me is that he was on diner diners, drives in, drive-ins, and dives uh, oh, really? with the Guy Fieri show. Um, and... The reason he was out, uh, he's on the show, isn't because he was invited on it or anything. Uh, that just he happened to be at that restaurant that day that they went in there to film the episode because <laughs> it's one awesome. of his favorite places to eat. Oh, that's incredible! Uh, uh, and then I guess during the interview, Guy Fieri goes and talks to him, and Gene Hackman just looks at him and goes, "What happened to your hair?" <laughs> <laughs> Which like you could just hear it in the Gene Hackman voice, him saying that, right? The, That's uh, a very royal town bob thing to say. <laughs> the other where's two, my where's my Havelina? <laughs> the other two Hackman things I did not know until just now. One is that he is a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I didn't know those existed, but he is a big time fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Him and that guy from the Good Place. Yep. They're the only ones. <laughs> and I did not know that he's written like Western books. Yeah, he's a novelist. I don't think he writes anymore, but he I think the, I think that's what he kind of shifted he was writing before he retired but i think he sunk his more of his energy into it after he finished acting incredible wasn't he into race cars too like i think he did professional race car yeah like um he used to race formula fords in the 70s and he did the did the 24 hours of daytona in the 80s oh wow yeah um another another thing that's great about him as i think we've kind of talked about this before with his you know where he's like oh poseidon money job or whatever that story is like yeah. he's a dude where you know very acclaimed and just you tell he knows like oh, this is all nonsense i get paid lots of money just to dress up funny and drive cars real fast like he's not a dude who like you know he's not like a method dude no he's just like whatever this is a sweet gig i like doing it 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, in the Marines and stuff. Like, he definitely, to me, I'm sure he's, like, acting's really easy compared to a lot of stuff I've done. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, one of those dudes, like, oh, people like it when I yell at them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's transition to uh, kind of the what we're, what the main um, uh, arching themes, I guess, of um, Enemy of the State. And, and I think also, to be fair to say, like, this movie isn't really online that much. Like, they're not using... We don't see much well, internet usage. We see a lot... I mean, How else see, would they be communicating with the satellites, then? Yeah. We well, see. Ja- sure. We do see Jack Black, like, in five minutes bringing up, you know, all this info about Will Smith's character and Lisa Bonet. Like, he has, you know, like, their bank accounts and things like that. So, it really... You know, I think you're right in that there's very little actually being at a computer. We see Jason Lee doing that. Mm -hmm. um, And we see a little of that in the NSA offices. But what this shows is just how, and for 1998, it was a pretty radical idea to put out there is just how everything is available Mm -hmm. at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the, we have GPS just tracking wherever you go. Like your entire life is available to the NSA or some hacker with a couple keystrokes and you know i think for most of america this was probably the first notion of that and well and it builds off of what we saw in the net last week right yes yeah that it's it shows how those looking at those two movies back to back just shows how quickly um it escalates and is sort of weaponized by the state yes uh and yeah, and this it it fell into the end of a decade where, uh, you know, a, a lot of what is going on today really started, and it was just America just went conspiracy crazy, like every you know I mean we had the kickoff of the '90s we had Oliver Stone was huge, and when you think about it, it's really wild that Oliver Stone was like a pedigree filmmaker getting huge budgets from Warner Brothers. Like Yeah. Just a dude's like, um, I'm gonna make a movie that says LBJ and the CIA killed JFK. And like got just this huge prestige cast and that probably wouldn't happen today. I'm sure the corporate boards would dis- I don't think there's a at least theatrically a desire for those kind of movies either, to be honest. True. Uh, I, I mean it that. It just wouldn't, you know, it was like, that was like a big event movie and it was a best picture nominee. And anyway, I also um, think like after 9-11, the Defense Department and the CIA have their fingers in movie production a lot more, at least big budget movie production a lot more than they used to as well. Yeah. And I know that sounds paranoid, but I mean, it's out there and documented. (laughs) It's no secret. I mean, like all those Marvel movies have contracts with private military contractors and you know, and I mean, like I know the Mission Impossible movies—they literally trim them or make them so we don't offend China. So, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, you had just so much stuff. Like, you know, we have uh, the Blink One Eighty Two album <laughs> labeled uh, "Enema of the State," yeah, and um, it has the uh, "What's the song about?" Aliens Alien, exist. Aliens exist. Um, and I mean, Tom DeLonge—that dude has been a conspiracy head for 20 some years Big time now. UFO guy right yeah yeah and he like the, you know those stories that came out what was it last year the year before where the 
the Air Force was kind of like, yeah, maybe there are all right. All that stuff actually. that Harry Harry Reid worked to declassify. He, he Tom DeLonge's like whatever he's sinking his money into, I think was one of the like like uncovered some of that stuff. So yeah. it's really funny that he may have actually indirect like through sinking cash into this like maybe got some of this stuff out there which is really funny to me because he seems insane like deeply (laughs) unwell but (laughs) you know yeah that might just be what the nsa wants me to think about him i mean Um, gene hackman's character this movie seems a little bit unwell too but yeah he's correct on a lot of things and you know obviously the x-files was huge in the 90s and then i remember like all that stuff about like alien autopsy (laughs) so that was a big trend for a while and you know the zillion and like on primetime tv those would be on like those news yeah it would shows. be like friday night on fox uh, we're gonna have an alien autopsy it's like <laughs> just insane yeah. like and and part part of that is just because at that time it was the nerds went online and could they were the you know it's like you just said it's like the people who were really online in the 90s were not that well <laughs> well at any stage were the yeah. people yeah. really online well yeah. no <laughs> i count myself among them uh, but i mean but yeah it was just and part of it is you know we're gonna get into this is kind of like a cultural hangover and it just popped up again it was like bub- it was bubbling under the surface and then the internet led all the the crazy out except a lot of it turned out to not be crazy yeah i, I you know that if we're gonna stick with this '90s thing, maybe one of the great '90s bands uh, summed up well. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Mm-hmm. That great Nirvana line. Um, yeah. And, and everything that happens in Enemy of the State, like literally everything, th- that's exactly what we found out the NSA's do. Like it's not well, made up. Not what what really. don't they do? Well, mass collection uh, of telephone conversations, emails, most having trigger words stuff, right? What? Like this, this movie is like them like tapping into a phone conversation while it's happening versus like, you know, metadata on telephone calls, which is. Yeah, but, but, the, but different. What, he says that they're they have trigger words where you say these words are this combination of words and then it, it gets analyzed. And that is what they did. No, like if you sure say. I mean, I I would say that this movie, everything turned out. The, if it didn't turn out that way, it's only because they were technologically limited. Like I would, I would I, anything that the NSA wants to do, they'll do. It, I think is just like a, it has unlimitless resources and evil with it. I, I think it's a little naive to assume that like whatever we found out after the Snowden leak or what we're finding out now that. We're finding out about the CIA's domestic surveillance program. Like, looking back over the history of the 20th century, whatever you found out in the immediate wake of things, you find out it was 50% worse, you know, 50 years later when things become declassified. So, I, I don't know. I, I think I, it's a safe bet that they are were more plugged in than we were led to believe when all those stories were uh when all that stuff was being investigated what 10 years ago i just get frustrated when like people hear metadata and then like jump like not understanding what that means and just jump to like they're recording your conversations and transcribing them which is not the same thing sure can they do it i don't know and and, sure i don't know i mean like that's a different question but but it's a pretty safe bet that they can 
I, I think. Well, they you know, literally I, could do it to, to foreign nationals, and their argument was that, well, we, we, we could do it to them because they're not United States citizens. Like, well, so then it's clear that they could do it to American citizens. They have the technological capability to do it if they could do it to somebody in Afghanistan, right? Yeah. That's all, I, that's all I'm saying. How sure. much they did it, I don't even care to argue that. I'm just saying what they do to Will Smith, they absolutely could do. Maybe later, but they absolutely could do it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not saying they I, did. I say. Do they you did. think they could use satellites for real time and track a car driving around? In 1998, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that okay. they could in 1998. I'm saying like all of the stuff that they discussed in that movie was stuff that all turned out to not very much later to be just regular old shrug your shoulders. Yeah, we can do that easily. Yeah, um, I think another way to like I get what you're saying about metadata, Rob, and whatnot. Yeah. But um, I think another way to think about this is that uh, in 1998, John Voight probably came off as cartoonishly evil. And now he just seems like, you know, two thirds of Congress. Yeah, sure. That's fair. Yeah. Um, he would he would like there's bipartisan consensus after 9-11 like that's that was both parties positions. Yeah. Um, I, I just think like. um I don't know. I just think that it was like uh, increased paranoia on stuff and not enough understanding about what's actually happening, right? Like everyone's convinced their phones listen listen to them, but like that's not true. But what is true is like you leave such a wake of metadata and information that you willingly give away to all sorts of different uh, companies and consumers that that stuff gets tied in to like figure out what to, how to advertise to you and stuff. It's not your phone's actually listening to you. It's that your phone has so much information tied to your email that you use that gets like created to like stitch a tapestry of like who you are and what you may be interested in. And that even like ties into like who you interact with and which is scary in its own right. I'm not saying it's not, but it's not like, you know, if I mentioned, uh, you know, if I, my phone's right here and I mentioned, um, how, uh, I need to buy some depends. I'm going to start getting depends ads right now. Yeah. Um, I think I, you know, that's all perfectly true. And I think that the point is not so much like that the NSA or, you know, corporations are listening because number one, well, first of all, I think they if they had the capacity, I the think thing. if they yeah. don't have, number one, they don't have to. Number two, um, I think if they had the capacity to, they would, but they don't like to pay people. So <laughs> like it takes a lot, I mean, you know. I mean, that's why everyone's going nuts about AI, because you don't have to pay it, and they can listen to all your phone calls, I guess. Um, But basically, the argument, I think, that is true is that if, right or wrong, they suspect you, they they have the ability to do anything they want in terms of surveillance. Sure. Um, So, yeah. um, Good times. (laughs) Um, So, okay... I saw I saw someone put it into relative to the yeah the seventies government okay uh, so, dissolution. So maybe this is a bigger discussion, but like some of these movies that we talked about, Gene Hackman, like Night Moves and um, Conversation. the Conversation, right? Like there's a definite you know uh, sort of the the I guess I'm not sure what term to use, but like just disillusionment with government obviously uh you know the 60s were a pretty wild time you had watergate you had a president that you know (laughs) waved his hands and got into a helicopter and flew away and 
uh, you have all this stuff going on, right? And I think like a lot of the stuff from the '90s is just like a regurgitation of of that of that feeling. Here's a question I have, and I don't I don't know how to. We're in the you know we're in year two of a pandemic. Uh, general trust in um, government probably has never been lower. Uh, and obviously, there's very valid reasons for that. But I, my question is: is there is there harm is there harm done when you know something like this comes out that's sort of like NSA is the bad guy? Which listen, it, your lot of the things end up being right. But from like a larger like Duff, you work in government. I think you would agree that for the most part, it is trying to do good. And like, does this kind uh, of yeah. stuff hurt later stuff where you like? have such a distrust in public health that yeah, that that sort of exists like does 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 this sort of cynicism is it good or is it ultimately bad so that's a a good question i think that i think that the answer i don't know if there's an answer to that question but i i think what is more of a problem than movies like this is just uh, things like, you know, Breitbart or Fox News or people who sure people who know people who know the con and just use it to right. you know people people who are smart but use it, which is you know most people at least half a party in Congress now, um, and you know like like own or uh, it's a Newsmax or things like that like. You know, because I mean, the, I don't think there's danger in in something like Enemy of the State because even in 1998, you know, it had kernels of truth. I mean, they refer in that movie to, you know, the the Shah and the Iranian Revolution, and mm-hmm. you know, and I talked to someone the other day about I think the best possible way to put a spin on this is yes i i think misinformation is much bigger problem than than you know stories or exposés or things like that between this is a hollywood blockbuster film no one's coming here for truth versus like i tune into the quote-unquote news to get truth and i mean you have literal you have like literal congress people talking about like jewish space lasers yeah and that's I would be more concerned about that. Um, Sure. Absolutely. So so I will say that, you know, I was talking to someone and it was someone who was older. I'd say they were 70 and they were saying how it's like, oh, yeah, it's the it's the loss of, you know, faith in institutions, not just government, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And I would say and I, I don't know if this is optimistic or not, but it's, you know, if you go back to like. Like something like uh, the early '60s, trust in government was at like seventy percent, and we were doing all horrible things then too. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's just I. It's, I would rather know about it than not. It's I think the people who are literally profiting from misinformation and lies for power that are the bigger issue and so I, that that was a very long-winded way to answer that well but. i should be clear i'm not i'm not necessarily saying like enemy of the state's a bad movie that's like like you know creating else but it, it did make me think about that in that you know if compared to 
when there are things uh like I'm 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 reading about the Dust Bowl, right? And uh and and you know, you had like government agencies come in and be like, Farmers, uh what you're doing is literally ruining the land and uh <laughs> you yeah. can't do keep doing these farming methods because it's going to ruin everything and you're gonna have this catastrophe like this 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 insane dust bowl that's going to occur and of course people are like uh you don't know what you're talking about we're not listening to you which is i mean i like i said there's plenty of reasons to distrust the government but it it does also create in times when you're supposed to or should you don't part of that is one time we as part of a um kind of like a dealing with the public type uh seminar we had a someone come in to my work which is a municipality a municipality and they they talked to us and they're like distrusting government is kind of in our bones like (laughs) it's just who who we are like you know we're from the very beginning we're just kind of a bunch of bullies i will say who just like thought that we did everything ourselves and you know, didn't like these high taxes on tea and whatnot. And so part of it is just, it's probably a human thing, but also a very American thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's so many ways you could come at this. Um, Because even though, like in this movie, even though um, Gene Hackman is correct in this movie, He's also a miserable old man living in a cage. Well, I think the big I think the big difference is I mean this movie is talking about the NSA in particular. Yes. And you know, like things like the NSA and the CIA and the FBI uh those are like the only the only time you hear something about those that make you feel good is like when you watch Silence of the Lambs and Clarice saves the day or something. Sure. Like all the best FBI agents are fictional. Um, yeah, but the flip side to that is you literally had um, Ronald Reagan like start his presidency off saying the the worst words you can hear are "I'm from the government and I'm here to help," mm-hmm. and I I think that's probably uh, I actually I'd say that's way worse than I think that sows distrust more than any Hollywood movie. I would agree. I would agree. That's my take. Uh, is there any tech you want to talk about? That's I mean, this like I said, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of online internet tech. There's a lot of so despite satellites, <laughs> despite like the very '90s action aesthetic, like the tech in a way is pretty realistic in some parts. Like, you know, it's a little ahead of where things were, but there's GPS and there's satellite relays and things like that. And I feel like this was probably people's first introduction to the concept of gps small I mean, cameras person, little small cameras you can put all over um it had a lot of had a lot of microphone technology mm-hmm. um so the one thing that i noticed and i had to look up is uh like the his will smith's kid the little game t- boy type thing but not it the game is boy? it is a n it is called the turbo express from nec home electronics 
and I guess it was a game system in the nineties. So this is like this is like this is like when you're you when you'd want that for Christmas and your grandmother would go to Radio Shack and be like, I think I found it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's not it. Because like he talks like he's like, oh, it doesn't work. It's broken. I'm like, what? What did this kid think he was taking? And he, <laughs> I guess he has a Turbo Express or I don't know. It was uh, it it was it ran on a PC engine, and it was uh, it was a competitor. Uh, it lists that it was a competitor with Game Boy. Remember Sega Game Gear? Uh, yeah. And the other one that my friend had that I really wanted was the Atari Lynx. Oh, boy. I don't remember much about that. Wow. So, so yeah, this, I had to go, I had to look in there. I'm like, what is that game Yeah, system? I thought, that, you know, you don't see it that often. I thought it was just like a Game Boy they painted black. But, yeah, looking at it, you're right. This is just a, a whole other thing. Use six AAA batteries or double A batteries. God. And you know that like that was like an hour of game time, just yeah. battery eating machine. Yeah, wow. Um, I do have a uh, my tale for the early web is very quick, guys. All right, and it's v- related to this movie. So um, you know, early internet, uh, open source stuff wasn't as available as it is now. Um, like if you want to if you want to do something, there's probably an open source tool that you can download for free and use it now, which is awesome. It's one of the, one of the few like really great things about the internet still, uh, is like how much open source stuff there is and how much there's just these like angels in the world that spend all this time creating the stuff for free for people to use. Um, but that wasn't the case, right? So if I wanted to use Adobe Photoshop or something, you know, and learn how to do stuff for when I started building websites and I was like, Oh, I'm going to download front page or Adobe page maker or something. It was insanely expensive for the software, especially if I was a, yeah. you know, as a kid. Uh, I didn't have hundreds of dollars to spend on this. So pre-torrents, you know, I would find websites where you could download the software. And I remember the first time I downloaded, I think it was Photoshop 5, maybe? Uh, illegally, guys. All right. And uh, I downloaded it. And as soon as the download finished, I... <laughs> I unplugged my computer from the modem. <laughs> I physically unplugged the computer from the modem so that they couldn't track me anymore. And uh, and I that and I did that like a few times the first few things I downloaded. I was like so paranoid and so terrified that as soon as I downloaded, I would just unplug it directly from the tower. Smart, smart move. That's how you get ahead. Like I'm I'm envisioning a scene in Enemy of the State where all the guys are in the room. It's like, oh, what happened? Oh, you unplugged the phone line. Yeah. Uh, did you have to download a key gen? Yes. Yep. Remember, remember key gens? Yep. Did you ever have to use key gens, Joe? I don't know what that is. Uh, so you would have to like enter in. You could download software, but then you'd have to enter in like the 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 key that was on your on the disc that you got. Oh with yeah, it. yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. So people like created uh, software where it would just generate keys until it would find one that would work. Yeah. And I don't know how it just black magic. Like I don't know how it worked, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know I, if it was just random or if I have no idea. You're right. I have no idea how it worked, or like if it would, just knew the general like it just like sometimes it would just open it up in a text file and it'd just be ten numbers. But sometimes it worked. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's a wild times, guys. 
wild times. Um, like there's there's so much stuff where I'm just like, how you know, like I have a you know an understanding of a lot of things, but there's still some stuff like key gens or uh, Shazam. Like yes, just that's just you know. It's just a wizard. Well, when doing you hold spells. up Shazam, it plays the music for the NSA, and they have it, someone there. <laughs> it's just their on their on call nerd. Just, <laughs> but I mean, like things like that. Like it's just you know, I envision like Gandalf waving his hands, and just things happen. No clue. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Duff, I know this is a question you have. Uh, what What are you guys wiping away? What's What's in your in your noggin? You want to get rid of? Enos Freedom. Oh my God! Do you want to? Do you want to? You probably need to explain Enos Freedom to everyone, Joe. He's a washed basketball player that um, jump started his career as a right wing grifter while he was still in the NBA because he knew once he got cut, then um, for the rest of his life he'd have be able to speak at conferences about how he got canceled. Enos Cantor was, was originally his name. Yep, and he changed it to Enos Freedom when he became a U.S. citizen. He's from Turkey. Yep. And uh, and I, uh, I'm, he sucks. I'm tired of hearing about him. <laughs> so this is a great example of how just I how we learn things against our will because I knew about this. I should yeah. not know. I should not know about this. Exactly. That's just get rid of him. I don't want like I, I don't want to. And now I'm just seeing like you know there's all these conservatives like oh he was he was dri- driven out of the league because of his views and from what i can tell he was driven out because he sucks at basketball <laughs> yeah he's, yes he's he's not he's he his uh, skill set is not uh he, conducive to the, the today's nba let's just say that <laughs> that's very diplomatic of you uh he can't play defense so he just gets torched every time he's on the court that's, that's half the game that's yeah literally <laughs> half the time you're supposed to be doing that yeah and, that's uh it's a bad thing not to be able to do. And when you're younger, and because he, he had other skills, you could be like, oh, well, you know, maybe. But now that he's almost 30, it's like, listen, we got about nine years of data that show he's bad at this. <laughs> yeah. And and it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so mine is not mine is a little different. Uh, so I, I'm planning a trip out west with the fam and uh, because I am uh, to Mount Rushmore. Yeah, <laughs> grew up squarely uh, middle class. We are looking at uh, taking Amtrak coach for forty hours out west. Joe Biden, Joe Biden would be proud of you. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, I forgot about that. And uh, and so I, you know, I, I found some uh, act- here's a, here's a, some helpful YouTube videos of people who like this is what they do. They travel on Amtrak and they're just giving tips, you know, for like what you should bring, well, what you should expect. That's it for your feed now. It's 90% trains. <laughs> it's all <laughs> trains now. But then I forgot. This, is, this isn't like the internet's fault, but then as I was going down the train world, you know, I had forgotten with YouTube giving me suggested videos that on the exact route that we're going to be going on is where that derailment was at in September that killed a handful of people and injured like oh. 50. I, yeah, like, oh, it t- I don't need that knowledge in my head. Yeah. That's that's a bummer that happened, but now I don't want to be thinking. Of, I'm gonna be thinking the whole time. Like, I wonder if this is the curve where so it tipped over. It's stuck in your craw now. Mm-hmm. So I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, mine mine is a little not quite as dark, but uh, I feel like I I develop takes on like celebrity couples again again against my will and like uh, 
you know, Rob, I hate to say it, but uh, I I wish I knew less about Benifer. I've just <laughs> I I know that you know if you were at like a, a a sandals resort and they asked you to join them in a threesome, you would do it. But you know, I. <laughs> Are yeah. you talking about Rob specifically? He yeah, would do it. Ta- I'm talking about Rob. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm tired tired of Benifer. Um, I'm all just celebrity couples in general, where I'm I'm tired of you know if I feel like it's going to end badly and they're just both train wreck people, I feel like I'm tired of hearing it. Like I just saw that uh, Aaron Rodgers and what's her face broke up. Oh yeah. Uh, What's yep. her? I don't know. I don't know how. Shailene something Woody. Uh, Woodley, I think. Woodley. Yeah. God, we sound old. <laughs> but <laughs> what? That's yeah. No, I'm with you. That's knowledge I don't need to have. That's knowledge like, that like my wife I know, has. She I knows know, all the stuff, and I'm like, I, don't I know, know so much about Aaron Rodgers' non-football life, and again, just against my will. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a good one. Stuff stuff you don't need to know. Yep. Uh, what are we talking about next, stuff? Well, well, we've had two kind of dark turns, so things will get lighter. Well, online dating, will uh, early online dating. Early. Though. It's it's, yeah. it's not really online dating. It's just two people who are dating sending email. But um, <laughs> so you've got mail. Another another nineteen ninety eight movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. This will, um, I believe it's a remake of uh, Shop Around the Corner. Yep, which I have things to say about when we, when we talk about that next week. Oh, um, God. That's going to be insufferable. I already know what you're going to say. About what? B- bookstores. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I do have. Yeah. I guess I do have bookstore yeah. takes. I don't Damn know. Damn it. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's going to be bookstore takes, so I'll, I'll gear up for that. This must oh. have been like the, all these movies came out in the late '90s, like in a, like a two or three year period of people like having fun on the computer, and then then Hollywood's like, oh, it's boring filming people on the computer. Like we're yeah. that's why all of our movies are from like this three or four year window. And then they made Swordfish and said, what if a dude was held <laughs> at gunpoint getting a blowjob and had to pass a hacking test? Uh. Yeah. When that didn't work, they knew it was time to pull the plug. Yeah. Time to unplug um, the router from the screenplay writing machine. And, uh, yeah. In the vein of uh, Rob bringing his takes about bookstores, I will say um, I'm, I'm a dog lover in general, but I, I was on Team Rob about the dog in this movie. Oh, I was, a terrible dog. I, this, this was a bad dog, just always yapping. Yeah, so Will Smith's dog in Envy the State. Dreadful. His little Pomeranian. Yep. Punt and kick dog. Punt and kick that dog right out of the door. <laughs> <laughs> into the cold put a little put a little the neighbor could put a little sweet treat antifreeze down for that dog oh Jesus my god <laughs> oh. he should have he should have told the NSA that the dog was Muslim or something uh, anything else you guys want to talk about enemy of the state or going online or conspiracy culture or anything else before we uh, before we wrap this up I think we wove quite a tapestry so I'm out <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back uh, next week talking about You've Got Mail. And in the meantime, if you want more, you can go to patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys. And, uh, you know, we got more content there. Uh, feeling the romantic romantic mood. We'll even have uh, 
a recent uh, Valentine's uh, February episode for you to listen to. Goodbye.